The Production Expert Podcast is brought to you with the support of New Gen Audio with James Ivey, Julian Rogers and Dan Cooper. Well, good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Production Expert Podcast number 377. It is the 9th of July, 2019. My name's James Ivey. I'm Julian Rogers. And I'm Dan Cooper. Nugent Audio provide award-winning tools for audio analysis, mixing and mastering, used by the world's top names in music, broadcast and post-production. Nugent's Master Check is a tool that enables you to optimise your mixes for today's music delivery services with an emphasis on ensuring that your mixes reach the listener as intended, whatever the playback service or device. Master Check's codec auditioning feature allows you to instantly hear how your tracks will be affected by loudness matching algorithms on different devices and services, removing the guesswork and helping you to avoid codec distortion and minimise codec artefacts. Encoding hot mixes can often introduce true peak overs that will clip on playback. Master Check will detect these errors, allowing you to stay within a safe limit. You'll also be able to hear any obvious frequency masking or other artefacts and mitigate these effects at the mixing and mastering stages. Whether you're preparing the dynamics of your mix for mastering or looking to optimise your masters for digital music services, MasterCheck is an invaluable tool. Nugent Audio are running a special offer exclusively for production expert podcast listeners to get a $100 voucher that can be used on any Nugent Audio bundle. And to learn more about Nugent Audio and use the voucher, click on the link in the podcast article or go to nugentaudio.com expert. That, ladies Done and gentlemen, one. is a masterclass in how to do... A reader Reading a words. Thank <laughs> you. <Teensy> supply. <laughs> uh, time to go uh, over to Dan's Deals. Dan's Deals. And I'm going to read this a little bit slower than Julian. So Quiet Art have a special intro price on their new Wave Rider TG, a new plugin which offers the same level riding technology as found in their class-leading Wave Rider version 3, but in a simpler, easier-to-use plugin, which... Unlike WaveRider version 3, is available to all as it comes in VST and AU versions as well as AAX. WaveRider TG offers the speed of using a compressor but the control and lack of compression artifacts of using volume automation. Check out the deal to get this plugin for $59 instead of the regular price of $129. Also, Sonics have launched their summer sale in which virtually everything is at half price for one month. If you're considering any Sonics plugin or bundle, now is the time to get this, but don't delay as their annual sale only lasts until July the 10th, 2019. We'll put the links in the show notes. Don't forget there are plenty of great deals by our partners like Universal Audio, Editors Keys, Avid and Focusrite over on our deals page. Fantastic stuff. It is time to move on to our talking points and these are sponsored by our friends and yours at Universal Audio. Good morning, children. This is Fab DuPont. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast Talking Points are brought to you with the support of Universal Radio. Build your own custom bundle of any 3, 6, or 10 UAD plugins for one low price and save over 60%. Just pick your bundle option and then select your plugins instantly. To find out more, go to the link down there in the podcast notes. Okay, talking point one. We put out a, a little simple article over the weekend and it was uh, sort of like EQ tutorials that we put out over the years and uh, our partners have produced. And uh, this did quite well. And I thought we'd pick this up again um, in this podcast, in this conversation amongst us three, um, just to talk about some EQ do's and don'ts. What do you think? James, I'm sure you've got loads of uh, EQ tricks and things that you avoid, especially being kind of a... Um, uh, in the box and out of the box, shall we say? 
yes. Um, yeah. um, let me and try I, and think. And I know Julian has because most of these tutorials that we put together, Julian made. Yeah, don't listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a kind of rule of thumb that I like to work with and it goes something like this. If you like it, boost it. If you don't like it, cut it. There you go. My EQ mantra. Hmm. Simple, but effective by the sounds of it. It kind of works. If I, I say, if there's a problem frequency, get rid of it. What I tend to do is I work with the stuff I don't like first. So I get rid of the things that if a vo- vocal sounding honky or a kick drum sounding too woolly in the middle. So subtra- subtractive EQ first. Yes, subtra- yeah. get, getting rid of it first. Then... See what you're left with. Absolutely. Yeah. And and then boosting what you've got left. Sometimes you might have to put some of that the stuff you didn't want back because it's it's affecting the the tonality of what you're doing or it's just not quite working. But most of the time, as a good starting point, cut what you don't like, boost what you do. Hmm. Yeah, I find sometimes when I I, I take away, let's say, too much of let's say um an unflattering ring in a snare drum, I take away too much. And then later in the mix, I think, hold on a minute. I've over-egged that. Let's put some of it back, some of it back. It's like overdoing the colours in in, uh, Photoshop. You think, oh, hold on a minute, everything's a bit too saturated and you've just got to kind of put back some of those natural tones for it to look right again. So it's sort of the same with EQ. Julian, give us one of your uh, Uh, EQ moves. My first first one, actually, is, um, is go with first impressions because they're usually right. Because if you, if well, certainly if I think about something for too long, I tend to find my decisions can tend to get worse. This comes from, uh, I, I mean, I, I learned audio doing live sound. And um, there was a particular guy, sort of like experienced engineer, who helped me, helped me along the way. And I got, I really got quite, uh, I don't know, um, uh, quite anxious almost about recognising frequencies. And I think he was maybe a little over the top, but remembering that this was in the days before we had, certainly before we had any analyzers and before we had like graphic displays in kind of, you know, plug-in windows or anything, it was, it was just analog EQ. And um, there was this thing, and this, this, this comes from uh, being around monitor engineers particularly, but um, uh, if you have to look for it, you're not good enough. You, you hear a frequency and you know what it is and you just reach for, for the graphic and just and pull it down. Also, if you boost... you're not doing it right. You take it out straight away. You don't go, is that what it is? Yes, it is. This isn't common among studio engineers. Studio engineers, it's like, yes, fine, just whatever gets the job done. But certainly there was an element of machismo going on there, but it was kind of good. And what I did was um, uh, kind of at his suggestion, actually, was I borrowed a little, it was a little half-rack 30-band graphic, a little half-rack boss thing. Do you remember sort of back in the 90s, these little yes, half-rack yeah. units? They weren't very good, but, you know, it was available and I borrowed it. If it's what you have, it's what you use. Yeah, the best EQ is the one that you actually have access to, yeah. And I plugged it into the telly. Through, I plugged it in, plugged, not into the telly, I plugged the telly into it and through the speaker and through my speakers. And, and I just left it on all the time. And what I used to do was I used to just kind of like turn up a particular fader um, without looking at it, just go, and turn one up, so, trying not to know which one it was, and just sit there and just listen to it and get used to it. And it was all dialogue because it was telly, which is quite useful, especially with the kind of uh, kind of work I wanted to do. And it was going to extremes a little, but it kind of worked because you did kind of start to recognise out of proportion frequencies. Training but definitely, is. I think that if you hear something you don't like and you go, "What's that?" If you go, "Oh," That's that's three fifteen. 
and they think, oh, is it though? Is it though? Is, is it actually 400 or, or, or maybe it's 250? It's probably 315 and you're thinking about it too much. And that's what it is. And not always. The other thing, actually, is when recognising frequencies, and I used to say this, I'm going to get the S word out of the way straight away, talking to students. Um, if, you're an, if you're an octave out, forgive yourself, that's fine. So, you know, if you listen to something and you're going, oh, oh what's that? And you find out that what you what you initially went, oh, that's 500 hertz, and you go, no, it's actually, actually it's a K, it's fine. <laughs> you know, it's an octave. But, you know, that's I think that's kind of more accurate than being just kind of some random amount out, but actually less in terms of distance, because sounds are made up of harmonics, and that's kind of how it works. Mm. That's a starter, anyway. So there, yeah. What do we think? So, Any, anyone else moving yeah, it over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we've got two do's in some respects there, haven't we? Um, I'm going to go in for don'ts. Um, don't use presets. Is that controversial? <laughs> don't not, use, not even remotely. Don't, don't use EQ <laughs> presets. They don't work. They've never worked for me. I don't know about you guys, but rock they're... kick drum going which rock? Yeah, yeah, kick rock drum. kick drum. Yeah, hey, yeah, they're rubbish. They're just you know, and uh, you know, I've opened up so many mixes from clients over the years, and you think, oh god, dear. And then you look at their, you know, got a Pro Tools session or a Logic session. You load it up, think, on oh, where were they? What were they doing? Yeah, okay. Rock, right, drum, I'm going to jump no, in. So this is why they sent it to me to turn all this off. Here's here's the thing though. <laughs> but do you remember um, last week or maybe it was the week before? I don't remember which week. But we were talking about kind of pre EQing stuff because we're going to have a re- pretty good idea given what the material is. Probably ballpark what it's going to need. We talk. It was when we were talking about we were, um, yes. sorting out headphone mixes, and this is kind of nearly the same thing. But if it's a preset, it, there's kind of there's kind of a um, maybe an implication that, oh, this is right. <laughs> what I'd say, actually, is that I I've, I've see value in, in EQ presets and in compression presets, and I used to, I used to um, use them as suggestions to say, look at it and see, see what's gone up and what's gone down and recognise that as saying, somebody experienced thought that that was a good starting point because this happens a lot. It, however, it doesn't follow that it's happening on the thing that you've got. Do you see what I mean? But there are definitely, I mean, we can talk about those things. With a kick drum, it's kind of like, you mentioned some frequencies a couple of weeks ago, James, and and I was going, and the number of people I agree went, with oh, you, oh, but, oh, my, oh, but my numbers yeah. would be slightly different. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and it's kind of like, yeah, on a kick drum, you're going to pull something up in the kind of audible bit of the bass, you know, let's say, I don't know, 60 to 80 hertz. You're probably going to pull something down in the maybe 250 to, sort of to four. region. Yeah, you know, yeah. you're probably going to bring up maybe a little bit of 2K, maybe as even as high as 3K, 50, you know, but somewhere around there. But, you know, exactly what the number is will vary from instrument to instrument. But there's going to be and these player broad trends. Player. And yeah. how much you boost or cut. And absolutely, my my kick isn't as clicky as that one because, and I'm boosting the hell out of out of two and a half k. And it's going yes, that's because you've got a, a felt beta, not a you know. I mean, yeah. there's yeah, all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, someone's yeah. taped a credit card onto the yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, all of those things. But but the point is, they're useful starts. They're useful opening bids for recognizing stuff. I'd say look at them, but don't ever use them. <laughs> Do you see what I mean? Use it as a library. Yeah, yeah. Look at it, then go to uh, reset to factory, and then start again. Yeah. The the plugin presets I tend to use, and again, this is a little off topic, um, are the ones where I'm using like a toolkit plugin, and by that I mean something like the Slate Virtual Mix Rack or the um, uh, McDSP. You know, where you've you've got modules, modules, where you've got modules in a in a plugin 
yeah, that, that I, can I be changed and swapped and swapped out. I know full well that I like I like some particular um, Slate Virtual Mix Rack presets because they instantly give me the modules that I like without me having to go in and go, oh, do you know what? I'll, I'll recreate that, rename that, and save it. No, just just go in and use that preset because it gives gives me a starting point, not for the tones and how it's dialed in, but for the number of modules and the order in which the modules are arranged. Um, to be honest, I don't use. I'm, I'm very light on plugin use these days, if I'm totally honest, um, because of outboard gear, and that's probably because I'm not doing that much mixing. <laughs> um, I, no, I think same if I was doing thing lots by of different mixing, means, though. But yeah, but I think if I was doing lots of mixing, I would be. Uh, using plugins a lot more over hardware, but a lot of what I do is tracking and, re- and recording, getting it down, where I will dial in tone into mm. the recording. You don't I'll, need to I'll, get I'll, it back, yeah, yeah. Sure. Yeah, I, I probably won't over-egg the, the audio pudding on the way in. I won't go, do you know what, this is, the, this is the EQ setting I want. I might just put a very gentle curve in. I think um, Eli was also talking about this. But you go, don't zero your board. Oh, for no, your stuff I, no, I don't. Because normally it's the same drummer and the same drum kit. Same mic, same placement. Yeah. As well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I do flatten out things like the vocals. And I do flatten out things like guitars and bass. But generally, drums, no, because it's me and it's my kit and it's all the same. I've got a sound that I like. And yes, I'll, I'll tweak it track to track to get something uh, maybe a little more approximate flavour-wise. But no, it's pretty much set and I like it means I can work fast as well. Okay, I've got another one. Um, play around more with Tilt EQs. Ooh, They're really yeah. good. They are fun. They are fun. You know, uh, you're making something darker or brighter. Can you know, we, can we define, ways. We, we understand what we mean by Tilt EQ, but can we define Tilt EQ for those out there who maybe don't understand what Tilt EQ is, as opposed to... Go to a uh, playground, look at a seesaw. One of the children's called bass, the other one's called treble. And just watch, watch what happens. <laughs> very odd parents. If yeah, I'm not a very good parent. Julian's better explaining this. And it, all, all it is, is it's... Because, um, I mean, there are some dedicated hardware units and some dedicated plugins that do this stuff. But all it really is, is it's bringing up all of the top end while simultaneously bringing down bringing all of down the bottom the end, all the converse. Yeah. Uh, and it's doing that with an extremely gentle curves so that it's just a gradual, you know, I mean, effectively a pretty much a, a diagonal line across the uh, across the frequencies in one direction or the other. It Works doesn't really have to well be completely on... like that, but that's, no. that's a good way to start. But what it is, is that I think what it is, and this is something that used to occur to me long before I got into audio. I remember with the old uh, tone controls on Hi-Fi when I first came across that, something I now understand to be a Baxendall EQ, but I didn't know what that was at the time. But I went, I've got a treble control that I can turn up and things get brighter or I can turn it down and things get darker. And I've got a bass control that does the opposite. But isn't turning the treble down the same as turning the bass up? Now, in that case, it's not because those Baxendall EQ curves don't leave leave a a section in the middle pretty much untouched. And what's more, they do flatten off the shelves, do flatten. But you know, broadly speaking, I was I was barking up the right tree. It was some good thinking there. It just wasn't quite right. But in this case, it kind of is the opposite. So by turning down, by going in one direction, you're doing the opposite to the other. But instead of doing something to the bottom end or to the top end, you're doing it to both at the same time. 
Does that explain it? I think I it think, does. I think it makes sense to close. Yeah. <laughs> the tone, the tone lux, uh, soft tube tone lux yes, is very t- good. Yes, very it is. good. Yeah. If you know, if you, want to, if you want to play around with this sort of stuff, have a little go with that. Well, that's an um, interesting one because it's got uh, the other mode where mm. it get, where it turns into high and low pass. If I remember yes, correctly, yes, it's got it's got filters in and as well. That's, which is nice. That brings me on to another subject, which is high and low pass filters. And uh, I mean, we've got a. a, 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 a uh, a long-time uh, uh, community member who's 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 quite vocal about uh, people. There's kind of a bit. There's even a T-shirt that says "High Pass Everything," and he says, "No, no, don't do that because if you high pass everything, then you're got no taking tone. stuff away." And you and and there's. I totally get what he's saying, and I've said to many people many many times, "High Pass Everything." I think that's a live sound thing, actually. Um, and yeah. That's, very very much a live sound mantra almost. Because it's but, usually quite a good idea because of all the other stuff that's flying around. But I think it's not necessarily a technique that needs to be brought into a well-controlled environment like a studio. But high-pass filters, um, do th- the idea being that if you're using them just to keep nasties out um, and you're filtering so it doesn't sound any different when you bypass that filter, do we all do that? Whether it needs it or not, if you sort of mean, because by definition, it's it is a kind of a case of does it? It doesn't need it because there isn't anything there, but I'm putting it there just in case. I will only do it where I'm trying to get rid of something that I know is there. So you do it to get rid of stuff that you can hear. Yes. Okay. Same. Me not Same, so much. Yeah. I've got this thing of I just I just I just stick one on by by default, hmm. which I don't know. I, I don't know whether it's necessary, but I can see a, I can in my mind that it's there's a case of it does no harm, which I you know I know some people would disagree with, but I think well I think it's fine, but I don't know. Also, I mean, if I'm doing that, should I be high passing on source tracks? or should I be just sticking one across the output. You know, I mean, it's <laughs> where do you Ooh, stop? You, or both? It's funny you say that. I remember watching um, someone in a. I'm not going to name the studio. I'm not going to name the engineer. Uh, it was a workshop kind of mixing thing. I was invited. I was watching this this guy mix this track. First thing he did was put, um, yeah, uh, filter on, cutting everything below thirty hertz, and everyone went, "What are you doing?" He went, "No one hears it." And we watched him mix this whole thing. We all forgot about it, and uh, yeah, it was you know you turning this thing on and off at the end. He went, "Do you hear any difference?" Sort of, sort of. He went, "He just cuts it straight away, thirty hertz." I can't remember what the slope was, but he did that across the master. Okay, cool. <laughs> Why not? Absolutely, because because you're you're keeping stuff out that may or may not be there. I mean, I've, yeah. I don't know. You you may get some stuff poking through. There was there was a. I'm trying to remember which track it was, but I remember somebody pointing out to me uh, when we would, we were we were just doing some very close listening with a very nice set of headphones, and he said, "Have you ever heard this?" And I'm, I'm I don't quote me on the track because I don't remember. I'm going to say it was something like. Oh, I'm trying to think. What was it? A '90s girl band who did that did that thing for the beach film. What what was they? They were called All Saints. All Saints. That's who they were. It was an All Saints track. I'm sorry, and, I've, I've uh, been I've been DJing all weekend. I know stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's. <laughs> I, I um I think it was on that track. And there's a bit where they're all taking a taking a line in turn, and you can hear somebody kick a mic stand if you listen really closely. <laughs> if it's not that track, then don't. Don't, you know, don't blow. That's kind of from memory from something kind of, you know, more than 20 years ago. But I remember listening to whatever track it was and you could just hear this boom. I'm going, oh, 
I know what that was. And there's an example of kind of like you're, you're knocking it in and out going, no, I can't hear anything, I can't hear anything. But clearly that had been the whole way through the production process and nobody had noticed. So why not put – actually, you know, did did that bump affect sales? Clearly not. So, you know, maybe I should have shut up about it, but, you know. Um, I'm going to go on to something else. And this is, this is a really good one, which is uh, – Dan, I think it was you said kind of, you know – in response to James's first point about boost what you like and cut what you don't. And I'm thinking, and end up with a really exaggerated version of what you actually intended. Because the next thing that comes with that is, um, is well, okay, boost it and cut it, but how far? Now, I don't, I don't think I, I don't think I boost stuff too much. I mean, I used to, I used to be quite reluctant to go, oh no, that can't be right. I can't possibly need 6 dB of that. And I've relaxed about that a lot, and I'm going, okay, does it does it sound good? Yes, it needed 6 dB. But something that I think I, I certainly do is I do tend to, uh, if I'm focused in on something I don't like, especially if I'm using kind of surgical little notches and stuff, I think I tend to overdo it. And I'll usually review those and come back and go, actually... You know, if I'm trying to get, I'm focused in that. I'm trying to get rid of it completely, and that's not the right thing to do. It was, it's part of the sound. It's just that it was poking out too much. Something I really like, and there's um, there's lots of features, especially in, in plugins, where you know maybe it could be argued that some people are uh, inventing solutions to problems that I've never had. But uh, one of my favourite things to find on EQ plugins is a scale control. I think they're brilliant. You know what I mean? Anyway, no, the other thing I was going to say about this, and this I first saw on a Waves EQ. I forget the name of the one. I'm not a big Waves user. Uh, but the one that had, and I thought this was a really good idea. I think um, FabFilter has got it as well. It's, it's having uh, musical pitches along the bottom. Surfer EQ has that. That's well, really they? good. It's really it's so good just because yeah. there's this whole thing about engineers talking frequencies, musicians talking pitches. I had this a very long time ago. I was doing I was doing a tour with, amongst other things, and this was like a theatre. It was going from venue to venue, you know, uh, and um, uh, I was going with a, uh, an, amongst other things, an acoustic bass, like a stand-up bass. And they're basically just live they they can be difficult they really can they're just big resonant bassy things that are just perfectly designed to feed back i mean you couldn't design an instrument better than a double bass to feed back <laughs> um and um and we're feeling around and kind of finding hot notes and the bass player was calling out to me notes that were that were a bit a bit lively weren't actually breaking out but were definitely coming back pretty strong and he's going you know it's a b and i'm going Oh, what's that? And, and at the time, I was I was having to go. Okay, so a low E on that's a forty-two hertz, <laughs> is it? And I wasn't even sure about the frequency. You know, it really illustrated to me the value of knowing more frequencies than just you know A's A's four forty. And you know, I mean, you 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 can really do with some signposts along the way. But having something like that and having that visual feedback, and this is somewhere where having a, uh, uh, an analyzer is really good just because you can see the fundamental and you can just glance down. If you see that stuff every day, then you make the connection between those two worlds that didn't used to kind of come together as obviously as they might. So that's another one I really like is, is stuff across the world. We're not really saying what to do with EQs, though. We're just saying what we do and don't like about different EQs. I'm, I'm going to take this in a slightly different direction. I'm, I Let's not talk about actual use cases. Let's talk about, uh, say, the two plugins, the two EQ plugins we reach for most often. 
go. I'm going to be so dull if we do this, though. I might have to lie. (laughs) (laughs) I might have to repeat myself. (laughs) Well, that's that's, that's allowed. I mean, I say I've got got two that I I reach for for very different reasons. Go on, him. Let's hear him. Yeah, a general good, amazing sounding vocal EQ has to be the Marg EQ for. Um, with with the airband, it's absolutely stunning. You can just dial in a really beautiful um, male or female vocal tone, and then just if you want a little bit more sheen, a little bit more shine to it, just tweak the airband a little bit. Um, I suspect we've all watched the video of Cliff Marg explaining the principle and the electronics behind the airband. I can't remember it, um, but I totally understand when I watch it why there is a 40 and 80k setting and just go, yep, yeah, I, I get that. I don't care how you get there. That sounds better. There's only the, a 40. There's not an 80k. Yeah, there's there's a 40, it's definitely 40. 40 sorry, yes. yeah. um, but still, that's that's well up there with um, the canine hearing ranges. Um, and the other one, for a very, very different reason, is the Millennia, I think it's called, is it the NL2? The e- That um, is a nice EQ. For... For Master Bus, just for real gentle. Is that that's the uh, twin topology one? That yes. Where you got the FET and the uh, yeah, it's absolutely stunning, um, and I can just tweak with that until the cows come home until I get the, the the overall sound of a mix the way I like it. Yes, you can use it on instruments and individual tracks if you want to. I don't. It's it's very much a it's a drum bus EQ. It's a Master Bus EQ. Um, it just sounds awesome. There you go. There's my two. Okay. So, Dan, what else apart from the Fab Filter? Uh, okay. Well, uh, I haven't been on for a few weeks on the podcast. So, uh, regular visitors, pick up your glass. Um, it's going to be the Tegler uh, <laughs> EQP1, the passive EQ. I use this all the time. It finishes mixes for me. So, you know, when you get into that sort of um, that zone where you're, yeah, I'm nearly here with the mix. I just think it needs one more thing. I'm not sure. You can sit on your hands and you're like, no, this needs something. I just run the mix through that, turn it on, tiny little tweak, a uh, little cut here, a little boost there, whatever. It's done. That's when I know I've finished something. If I'm really getting into the mix and it's going through that tegler, drink again, please. Um, yeah, uh, I'm done. Print the mix and I'm that's, done. That's so- a nice combination though, because what you've got is you've got, you know, super flexible, super surgical uh, digital and you've got hmm. flavour. Um, something just to finish it, just a bit tone shaping, nothing too much. Sometimes I just cut, some of the harsh bits at the top with this uh, might boost a little bit at the bottom, do a bit of cutting as well because uh, it's a Poltec style mm. EQ. Why not? It just finishes it off. It just makes, I, mean, I say to my clients when they go, what is that? What is that box of blue? And I go, that stuff makes music sound expensive in my opinion. And I run a mix through it, a couple of little tweaks and you bypass it. You don't really hear too much, um, come really gentle with it. You don't really hear the tiny little moves until you turn it all off and go, oh, blimey, that just sunk put it all back quick and you put all this back in the compressor and the EQ and it's bang. Yeah. Move on. What next? So yeah, that, um, I'm going to have to echo James. The Marg is good. Um, really good. Um, can't be fab filter because I would be repeating myself. Uh, Surfer EQ. Yeah. Is another Absolutely. great shout. Surfer EQ. It does um, something different. Yeah. So, it does something yeah. different, but it's, it's very good on bass guitars. I've always used it on basses. Um, it works very well with my bass style, my playing style. Um, so yeah, it's good. Uh, monophonic pitch tracking EQ. So your notes sound full, um, or your EQ curve, it's not static. It moves with your performance. So you don't get holes 
uh, if you're playing up and down the, the fingerboards, you'd get that with your, like, but FabFilter doesn't do this. So if you're playing up and down the fingerboard, you might get a little bit of a, oh, that note's disappeared. Uh, you, don't, you don't get that with uh, Surf EQ. It's very good, very smart. No dead spots. No dead spots. I, I, nice. I describe it to, to people as being, it, it's it's like keyboard tracking on a synth, filter keyboard tracking on a synth. And half the people I say that to go, oh, yeah. And the other half go, what? What? And I think, <laughs> right, you, you, you don't use analog synths, do you? But, yeah. Uh, that's interesting because I mean the the first couple that you said uh, Dan was was uh, was FabFilter and uh, and the Tegler, which is like you know as I said um, you know uh, precise and vibey. James, mm-hmm. both of yours are quite vibey. Yeah, really. I'm I'm wondering what to do just because I mean my first my first one's going to always be uh, going to be EQ three seven band EQ three because I just it it is the one that actually I use more than anything else. Um, I'm I'm kind of migrating onto FabFilter. I mean, I, I like it because it's got so many more features. But I've, I mean, I, I, I hear people say, "Oh, EQ3 sounds terrible." No, it doesn't. I mean, it just doesn't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it it is a it's really fully featured. And I can't think of anything that that FabFilter doesn't do. And I'm and I'm, it's familiarity that keeps me coming back to um, EQ3. Just because I there's little tricks that I use in it that just kind of just help me all the time. And I'm so used to the interface, and it's just I can just get the job done very quickly. I like I think, um, Fab, FabFilter's blank canvas. You know, you have no nodes. Oops, sorry. You have no nodes. You have nothing there. You just have a blank canvas and you double click. There we go. There's a filter. And I just want a little, you know, bell. I'm not quite used to that yet. And the the change of scale as you drag thing, I find slightly off-putting, to be honest. But, you know, it's, yeah. Like I say, I'm I'm sort of migrating. I've had it for ages, but I just, it's never really quite replaced EQ3 for me, which I'm I'm, I'm sure there's somebody listening to this will be thinking I must must be deeply unsensible to not do. But basically, you know, you, you use you use what gets the job done quickly. And with things like band pass mode, which I use all the time for finding awkward frequencies and shift click things, which can be really useful. And, you know, it just, it does everything. I need to pretty much, but yeah, I do. I, I am very impressed with Fabfield. I'm not going to say I'm not, but I don't think I'm going to have either of those as my, as my, my two, if I can only choose two, because I want to be a bit more interesting. Um, I'm going to go for, definitely go for the, um, the Kush Clarifonic. Nice. Love good, that. Good choice. Absolutely yeah. love it. Little bit, little bit greedy, actually, have to say. It's not something I try to use across every channel on my computer, but across a master, it's for the top end stuff, actually. It's just for the, the difference between bright and sweet. That's the thing. And this does sweet. And it really does. It's, 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 I've, I've put this, I've never heard anything do it better. And I also quite like the fact that it's, it's, it's quite shy about letting you know what frequencies it's it's doing. It, it it doesn't indicate at all. It just uses words, and that forces you. And if you're quite if you're quite analytical like I am, I'm I'm always very bothered about what's this doing. What give me numbers that kind of thing. And that's not necessarily helpful. And it's just kind of like okay, that nice, you know, works very well. If I was going to choose another one, um, I think I might go for um, go for. I'm trying to. I'm trying positively encouraging myself to use 1073s more, and that's just because I quite like the restricted set of frequencies, the restricted the restricted choices. And I'm thinking, well, clearly you can get the job done with one of these because just look at the history of recorded music; it's fine, you know. But I, it's something I'm 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 really quite enjoying that. And rather than opening up a a, a modern super flexible whatever, I'm just going okay. 
can I sort this out with the 1073? And yeah, I'm enjoying that. I, um, it's in a in a kind of similar way to uh, to I've I've been I've been finding myself using using the UA massive passive a lot more as well, just because of just because it's 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 just cool, isn't it? But in the same way, I do kind of kind of quite like that way of working and that whole kind of like clunky it's this or it's that kind of uh, interface, and it's a nice relief from something like. Fab filter of kind of like, hey, what do you want? We can do it. It's like these are your choices. Which one? Yeah, so, get on with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I quite like that, but I'm quite glad that I'm, I'm I live in 2019 where that isn't the only thing available. Because <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, maybe for now we should um, hit factory default on these and um, flatten off our EQ curves and move on to competitions. Oh, he's good. <laughs> competitions, right. Enter to win one of 10 free six-month studio plan subscriptions of Bounce Boss worth £54. Each Bounce Boss reinvents online audio collaboration. We've tested it. We love it. We recommend it. Enter to win one of three Fusion IR-based convolution reverbs by our friends at Liquid Sonics. Win either 7th Heaven or 7th Heaven Professional, both being faithful recreations of the legendary Procacity reverbs or lustrous plates, which is Liquid Sonic's latest plate reverb. These are seriously cool reverbs for serious audio engineers. To be in with the chance of winning either of these competitions, do follow the link in the podcast notes. The Pro Tools Expert Podcast is created using Source Connect Now from Source Elements. Register now for your free account at now.source-elements.com. If you've ever tried to do interviews over the internet with apps like Skype, you'll know how hit and miss the audio quality and connection can be. And even on a good day, it isn't really good enough for a long-form interview. We now use Source Connect Now, which offers ISDN-equivalent quality audio using a Chrome browser, no software to install. To get your free account, follow the link in the podcast notes. I'm going to do it because, hey, I'm You don't need to. I've got it in the template. I'm still going to do it. I I enjoy doing it. I don't care. (laughs) It's It's time for Find of the Week. That just blew your template, didn't it? Sponsored by <laughs> RSP Audio Solutions. So, uh, gentlemen, finds of the week. Uh, Julian. Okay. So, um, I, I mentioned last time I was on, I, I've relocated. I've relocated to Cornwall. I now live in Truro. Is uh, that going to the... be, your, be, be your new you, drinking you game? You sound in I've only said it twice. Um, You've only been there two weeks. <laughs> three, actually. But yes, anyway, early days. And uh, while Truro isn't the biggest place in the world, um, it's it's got all the big shops for reasons I won't go into. And I went into Senso Systems in Truro, which is which is the hi-fi shop that sells, that sells actually some very nice gear, um, some big brands and lots and lots of Bang & Olufsen and things like that. And uh, I popped in because I'm a bit audio and a bit nerdy and wanted to have a look at some expensive things that I, I couldn't afford and probably probably wouldn't have bought anyway because hi-fi, you know, it can be a bit hi-fi. But I was walking around looking at some things that were that were great and some things that were a little bit hard to understand. Uh, one thing in particular, which I'm just going to remind myself what it was called, uh, a, a company called Devialet, a French company who make extremely stylish-looking things that look like something out of like the 1930s Flash Gordon films that are kind of wow. enameled white and they're spherical and they work in a clever way. And I listened to one and I wasn't actually very impressed. Anyway, um, 
But while I was walking around looking at some other stuff that was very nice, like some nice, you know, BMW Nautilus and stuff like that, and some PMC hi-fi speakers and stuff, and they got a little listening room through the site. And I had a look and I went, oh, wow, you've got a pair of key threes, which is not what I expected to find in a hi-fi shop in Truro. And I was speaking to the lad, and he's like, yeah. I said, do you know how they work? And he said, yes. And we sort of nodded at each other sagely, going, wow. And um, I said, have you sold any? He said, we've had three weeks. we sold a pair already. And I went, wow. Um, anyway, um, that was quite a find, actually. I was most impressed. I have a pair of Key 3s. Um, <laughs> I'm sure if I popped in, I can I can sit down and listen to some stuff on them, basically at the, almost at the end of my road which is amazing. And uh, yeah, Key 3. My favourite quote, we, we love we love Key and we love Key 3s here. And I, I wrote quite a gushing article about how, how amazing they are. Um, but they are quite dear. I mean, we have to say, they, they, <laughs> they, they, they do pop comfortably over the, yeah, yeah, yeah. 10 grand mark, yeah. Um, so anyway, I was, I was looking on the, on the Key website today and my favourite quote for the uh, customer testimonial was uh, someone who'd said, um, uh, I have a pair of Key 3s in all of my houses. <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> there is a fantastic website and, uh, called, and I think, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but I'm pretty sure if you put into Google... Um, Phrases you only hear in the Waitrose car park. Oh yeah, um, it's it, that's that that is deservedly overheard in Waitrose. Yeah. I think is the yeah. Twitter overheard thing in Waitrose. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Waitro- um, Waitro- it, for anyone in the US, Waitrose is 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 where is where all the all the people with money go to buy their groceries. It's a posh supermarket, isn't it? It's where they send their butlers to go do their shopping. Lines like "I do like um, smoked salmon, but it does make the Maserati smell so," <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> Mummy, why doesn't Lego have a T at the end like Merlot? <laughs> <laughs> on Two that, ones. let's move on, James. Move What's your on. find of the week before we offend people? <laughs> oh, well, fair enough. Um, I've been offending people all weekend. I've been DJing. Um, so I think last time I was on, uh, I was telling you about an amazing thing called Live Stream Studio, which is um, basically an online editing platform to... For, for streaming video. Very, very clever. I um, We looked at buying the system for the company I work with. Um, having used a demo machine, I went, hang on, I'm pretty sure this is not much more than a reasonably specced PC with some cards in. I'm pretty sure I can play this game. And built our own system, which was very cool. But when it came to controlling it, I thought, you know, wouldn't wouldn't a touch screen be really cool for this? Because you go, you know, camera one, camera two, camera three, video camera, you know. And I thought, hang on a sec, I've got a touch screen, a really a really well made one that's gonna be quite happy traveling. Um, so I attached my Slate Raven to this video editing platform, and it was awesome. It was truly knockout to have something like a really big, lovely looking uh, 27-inch touchscreen to be able to do this editing on. Um, In actual fact, I ended up not doing it that much because our very own Paul Drew ended up controlling the video for me while I was off doing other things and fighting fires around the the venue. Not literally, um, it's a term we use. But it was brilliant, absolutely brilliant. A whole new my Raven is enjoying a whole new lease of life. Um, so so yeah, don't don't just think 
think outside the box with stuff. If you've got something that does a, a job, there's a fair chance it will probably do another job and another job and another job. So yeah, um, I think I'm actually going to write a piece on this because it's such a cool piece of software. It doesn't fit into our world of of recording studios and stuff, but I think streaming and multicam streaming is going to become a really big... I mean, it's already a huge thing, but I think as, as these sorts of solutions become affordable... I'm already thinking of doing some stuff um, with the band in the studio and streaming it live. I think that'd be great fun. So, yeah. Uh, Dan, tell us about your find of the week. A freebie. Um, and, and a surprise, actually, as well. Um, Townsend Labs AAX DSP. Yes. I was surprised. I was surprised. Um, it's not every day <laughs> a plugin developer launches an AAX DSP plugin. Really? Is it, James? I mean, you're HDX, aren't you still? I am, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, I thought, okay, cool. That's cool. I've got a Townsend. Um, the AAX native version of the plugin, you know, gets the job done. Uh, but yeah, cool. Nice to have the AAX DSP. Why not? It uses my investment in HDX. Yeah, and totally. uh, yeah, it didn't cost anything. So that that is, for me, that's the find of the week because I put it straight to work. I had a client in last Monday and installed it just before the session. So that's quite trusting. Uh, not testing it and putting it straight to work and yeah didn't fall over worked perfectly does the job yeah cool that was a find of the week well I, done, I, I've labs. got to say I I, I don't have a, a, an HDX system so because of that I don't pay probably as much attention to what's AXDSP or not as as maybe you, you guys do but um I was kind of surprised when they announced it that it wasn't already because if ever there was there was something that should be DSP, you know, I mean, what what kind of plugin are you going to want to track through? It's that. It, so it already is DSP, isn't it, on the Universal Audio? Yeah, 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 but, but uh, not not here. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But no, it just it's it's it surprised me that uh, that that it wasn't. I hadn't noticed, and it makes perfect sense for them to do it. So you know, it's 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 extremely good that it now is because yes. it doesn't matter yeah. anymore because it's there and it's free. So yeah. I think it's always always was part of their plan, but um, but it's now been realised. It's been realised, yeah. But over the last, in their first year, wasn't of of us knowing about the Townsend Mike and James. I think you had one of the first prototype models, didn't you? And it was all about trying to get you know fulfilling orders. Um, That was a big part of getting the Townsend thing out there. Well, I think I say the guys at Townsend Labs say we know them quite well. I've met up with them many many times. Hmm. Um, I think if you said to them. Were you expecting your Kickstarter to go quite as well as it did? Um, I think they would be totally honest and go, we weren't. We were expecting to make the money, but they weren't expecting to make, I think it was four times what they expected to make. Mm. Um, they hit their target within about three or four days. And I, I think I could be um, underselling what they achieved. So, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a great product. It really, really works. I mean, I, 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 again, I'm on the record of saying, I think if we're talking about microphone emulations then the technology is winning. I don't think it matters which flavour or which which brand you're using. If we're talking about it as a um, viable professional option, the technology has won. And, and you know, which whichever brand or solution you use... Oh, it, it's, it's here. It's, yeah. yeah, it's here. It's in my studio. I'm talking through it now. I use it every day. And I'm not going to stop using this technology. I'm going to always use this Townsend, I like to think, but who knows where this technology is going to go in the future. But the mic modelling technology is now in my workflow and that's not going to go anywhere. No. So, yeah, 
Fantastic stuff. Well, on that moment of emulation enlightenment, it is time for us to pull up stumps and go home. So it's good night from me. It's good night from me. And I'm already home. Good night from me. Good night. Good night.